0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast. So, without further ado, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. And today's topic the legacy of sin. Wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess.
1: I have heartburn, Dave.
0: Oh no! And Craig. Hello. Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources. No ties to the industry. Just stories from the diehards, sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today: the legacy of Sid. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. What's going on, guys? Hello, David. Hello. What is your beef today, my friend?
1: Well, we're here to talk about the one, the only, Sid. He was uh, Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, and he was Psycho Sid. vicious, (laughs) Sid and, vicious justice. <laughs> and, and have a good night everybody nah there's a
0: lot more to it a lot of fun stuff a lot of hate to say it uncomfortable moments
1: i got inspired this for this one because i recently found out he was on instagram and he's tr- branching out and kind of getting on social media so uh i was like god you know what like Nobody really talks about Sid in that light, and I don't mean that to be mean or anything like that. I mean he does he gets a lot of work for shoot interviews, and people know Sid. You know they'll say, "Oh, you remember Sid Vicious? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, psycho, the guy, psycho guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like so, people remember him. But I mean, you know, I'm being honest. I'm not. I don't mean this to slam him because there's only a select few that can get this this honor. But you know, there's never a Mount Rushmore talk with Sid involved, or and I don't. And again, I'm not being a dick towards him. I'm just it's true. So. You know, if we don't pay tribute to him, God damn it, on our wrestling podcast, who the fuck is going to is my question to you.
0: I think it's a good question. I hope more do because I think Sid has an everlasting impact on wrestling um, more so than people may want to admit. Um, he was a big son of a bitch, which a lot of people liked. He had a really aggressive nature in the ring. And uh, I hate to say it, though, those nah, I don't hate to say it. I, I love the fact that people like that get over um, in in the wrestling world, it's it's great to have giants in there because you need someone to overcome that giant. That's what stories are all about. And I think Sid filled that role better than a lot of people,
1: right? I mean, in his prime, he was legitly like six nine, three hundred or sorry, yeah, like three hundred twenty pounds, and he's yeah. a big man. Like I saw him live uh, at my very first house show I ever saw in like March of nineteen ninety two, and to this day, I've seen a lot of live wrestling shows since then. I've seen Eligante live. I've seen big, legitly Eligante was like seven, seven foot seven, but Sid was the biggest, like proportionately correct person I've ever seen. If that makes sense. Like Eligante yeah. e. was lanky and just had really long legs and all that. And he was a Marvel to see, but Sid, like it, he was proportionate, meaning like yeah. everything looked relative. And like you, I was midway up in the arena and you could see the size of his traps all the way up midway in the LA sports arena. He is to this day, the biggest human being I've seen like in relative where everything was in relative to his body. If that makes any sense.
2: It does. Yeah. Like it, it's, he's as big as he is. wide as he is tall? Whereas Brock Lesnar is more, is too wide for his height. It's like yeah, just it's proportionally true. Sid had yeah. the ultimate, Tall plus width body, like it, it's. And he and he he kept it for the most part. Like no one's quite had a history. He was only there eleven years between WCW and WWFE. But man, no one quite had the story jumping back and forth that he did. He missed the Attitude Era somewhat, but he still captured two heavyweight titles per WWF per WCW and a whole bunch more. And never really was not in the main event picture when he jumped back and forth. So he has had a hell of a history in those ten years with um, a few reasons behind the jumps and a bunch of injuries too. Uh, Who knows what could have been, but he, he, to Jess's point, he's, he gets forgotten a lot in that decade. I think we're going
1: to find out as we go through this too, like Sid kind of did what he wanted in the sense of like, a lot of people are tied to the comp, the, the industry and the company they're with and they don't, I can't, I couldn't leave. I can't leave. Where, like, I think we talked about it in a past episode, Jeff Jarrett was kind of that way, too. Jeff Jarrett was like, fucking I'm out. Yeah. And like, he had no qualms about it. And I think Sid was similar. I think as we kind of start getting into his career and everything, you'll just sort of see that, like, he was like, oh, you don't want to you don't want to, you know, back up what you said you're going to give me. I'm out. Bye. Yeah, yeah. go play softball. No, and I don't mean that as you know. We'll get in the softball thing too, <laughs> but I mean like no. I mean I know it's become a joke, but like we'll talk about it as it goes. But you know he, he had no fear with that. He's like, oh, I'm just right. rather go do something I like. You've got He's no leverage fine. over a
2: dude that yeah. will leave and be happy about it. And he did that multiple times. He's just like, I don't need yeah. this, and no, give me what I want, or else I'm I'm gone. Yeah. yeah, no, it's
0: it's incredibly interesting his his career as it goes. Um, You know, because honestly, I think if he was more loyal, I think maybe. Somebody would have left him sooner. I think they would have made that decision. But the fact that he jumped back and forth might have prolonged his career, because he he felt he had more value than people had value in him. And that's the way you should. That's the way you should run your life. If, if someone doesn't have value in you, you got to bounce. Time to go. And it's funny about wrestling itself. I, I think some guys don't do that and they wait for the they wait for the piper to to call. And oh shit, you're releasing me? What the fuck? I, I've been nothing but loyal to you, but no, nobody cares. No, nobody cares about that. Look at, look at the people like Drake Maverick. Look at, look at all this talent that's being released from WWE right now. Like, oh, I was loyal. Now they don't, they don't care. They
1: yeah, don't care be loyal that. to yourself.
0: Yeah, and Sid was. I think Sid was loyal to himself more than most, if not the most loyalist person to himself that I could think of in the wrestling industry. Right. So, let's jump in to the beginning of Sid. He actually entered the sport after an encounter with Randy Savage and. Lanny Poffo which by the way people don't know that they're brothers right those are those are brothers I don't know what, what is there? they are the Poffo they are Poffos right they're all Poffos. yes so uh, they. I think they met they saw him at a gym or something way back in the
1: yes, day yes yeah and they saw yeah. how big he was
0: yeah they're like that's a big son of a bitch we gotta recruit this guy Um he began his career in CCW which was a southern promotion as Lord Humongous
1: right <laughs> anything to say they about that like, he wore like a Jason mask
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: yeah He's like a masked guy.
0: Um, He also had stints at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, He challenged Tatsumi uh, Fujinami for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. He went to World Class Championship Wrestling, where he adopted the name Sid Vicious from the bass player of the punk uh, rock band, the Sex Pistols. Right. So that those are the early days. Anything about the early days that come to mind?
1: No it's it's a typical story you know back when there were territories it's like yeah that's how people kind of came up they just sort of met the right person or had a weird encounter with someone you know at a gym and they're like hey, you're big yeah like and he's like well, you think I'm really big really yeah, thank you for yeah. saying that you're a big son of thank, a bitch yeah he's like thank you for saying that I appreciate it. <laughs> Pre- no problem. I appreciate you yeah and then he's just like you want to come and get into wrestling he's like absolutely lead the way and then like that was it I'm here at the gym too (laughs)
2: Lanny be quiet Lanny (laughs) now it's time for set number two
1: (laughs) (laughs) genius genius I love it I hope my brother doesn't turn you off no it's fine it's okay everyone's got to take care of their brother Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. How did this, what, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? And you just started bashing Lenny Pavo for no reason. He's a B- nice H- guy from B- what I can I tell
0: hear, I hear he's a great guy. Oh, oh, yeah. Where the literary go. <laughs> that may be true for Oscar Wilde. For me, it isn't so. Get your encyclopedia. Select the bookmark L. And look up Lincoln, Abraham, and read and read it well. I am of the same alumni as our 16th president, and when I wear my cap and gown,
1: I proudly represent my beloved alma mater, runneth over my poor cup. It's L-I-N-C-O-L-N. Now go and look it up. And when your
0: homework is complete, then you will understand. I am the genius Lanny Popo, the world's smartest man. Probably probably a great podcaster, too. He's got so many good stories, I'm
1: sure. I just I just think it would be awesome if, like, legitly that's how it happened. Like, they both were overly talking in the characters that we know them as. <laughs> you yeah, a nice curl over there. Thank you so much for saying that. I feel I'm the best at it.
2: Lanny's just throwing <laughs> frisbees. <It's>
0: like- <laughs> I was wondering where the frisbees were going to come in. Like, oh, no.
1: I don't believe in lifting weights. I think it restricts you. <laughs> oh,
0: no. <laughs> Shut up, Lenny. I'm sorry, Dave. Lenny, sorry. Lenny, shut ahead, up, Dave. Lenny. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, God. And we get, to- <laughs> we get to the NWA WCW days. He entered uh, those arenas in 1989. and was quickly paired with Dan Spivey uh, to form the tag team of the Skyscrapers. Managed by Teddy Long, Sid also began using the powerbomb as his finishing move. Which was perfect in my mind. A power bomb from that kind of height shows so much devastation. So as long as he doesn't hurt anybody, which we can I'm sure we'll get into. Uh their most notable feud was with the Road Warriors. Um so I mean those that's a that's a lot of girth in that ring with those four guys, is it not? Would you estimate probably close to a thousand pounds?
1: Yeah, it was pretty I would Road say Roy- the most notable match if you want to go back and look at it. I want to say it was Halloween Havoc 89, if I'm thinking right. It was the skyscrapers against the road warriors and like a street fight or something like that. And just seeing those two, all four of those assholes, like standing next to each other. I'm like, good God, this is ridiculous. Like they always said that WWE was laying out the Giants. I don't know, that's weird. Go back and look. Yeah, at that was, that was a lot, that was a the lot of these uh, fucks in the ring.
0: That was a lot of prime cut beef right there. My yeah. yeah, I was Jesus watching
2: um, skyscrapers versus the Steiners. And I think their last match they had before Sid was injured. And the Steiners didn't even treat them like they were big guys and couldn't get off their feet. It was just everything's. Um, started with a Steiner line and a throw at like a clothesline right over the top. They just beat the living tar out of each other. They were, and you would never know that the Skyscrapers are supposed to be this huge team against the Steiners, and they didn't look it. It was just, oh, they, they, they they actually, just, oh, they, man, they, they uh, they too
1: unfortunately they were like in this land of NWA/WCW slash where they kind of. They, they liked big guys. They, they knew, but their top guys were always the, you know, the six feet tall, 220 pounders, like Flair and stuff. And they respected work rate and wrestling more. But that, yeah, when they would put these guys in the middle of the card, they wouldn't treat Sid or Spivey, for that matter, as like, you know, the giants that they should have been. Um, they like Craig said, like Steiners had them off their feet, like often and regular. Like, you know, it's like, wow, God, like. You got you got to book him a little bit better, but I know Dave will keep going on here. And well, yeah, there spe- will be there spe- will be better pasture for Sid. Oh,
0: sure. But speaking of the Steiners, Sid uh, suffers a broken rib and punctured lung uh, at the hands of the Steiner Brothers, and that caused the split of the skyscrapers team. So probably uh, that sounds like a really shit thing to happen, but it was probably the best thing for Sid to happen. Uh, I think we all realize that Sid is much better as a singles wrestler and just a giant, and we'll kind of get into that, but. After recovering that Sid was named the newest member of the four husband on May 11th of 1990, he was brought into the group to be the muscle neutralized
1: read it, read it out loud, read it out loud, Dave now
0: I'm, I'm trying. I really, uh, when Je- I feel like Jess leaves me notes and he just throws it. In and he's like, Dave, Dave can't get through this. He just, there's no fucking way. Um, I want you to read it, yeah. But it happened. He has to neutralize RoboCop at Capital (laughs) Combat (laughs) Pay-Per-View. That was a
1: real thing. It happened. It happened. So Vince was always so seamless, right, at getting mainstream attention. You know, like, he did the obvious stuff, like, get celebrities for WrestleMania and shit. WCW and NWA were like, what if we get RoboCop? Because I guess somehow, like, the Turner Broadcasting folk, like, I don't know if they produced the RoboCop, the original RoboCop movie or something. Uh, I think Orion was the first. I'm, fuck, I, I could be wrong. But, like, they they produced the RoboCop movie, and so Turner was a part of that, or they were partners with them or something. So they were just like, why don't we bring RoboCop? And I think this was to promote the sequel, if I'm not mistaking, RoboCop 2. So they legitimately had a guy dressed as RoboCop at their Capital Combat pay-per-view that was going to protect Sting. So they... They had this cage for some match. I don't remember what it was for. And it was supposed to be for JJ Dillon to go in the cage and get elevated above the ring. Like they do with managers who interfere too much. They're like, you know what? You're going to be in the cage and suspended above the ring. So they had the cage down there where the horseman came down and they bullied sting who was just healing from his knee injury. So he wasn't very mobile. So they put him in the cage and RoboCop legitly walked out and bent the bars and let sting free. So originally they brought Sid in to neutralize RoboCop, which I don't even know what the, How the logistics work for that, but that was originally why they put Sid with the Horseman because you know WCW can't get out of their own way and have like a long term plan for somebody. They were just like, we'll make him a Horseman because he got a fucking fire Robocop, and then the bookers went to sleep, and like that's what happens in WCW. So. Yeah, that's, that's what that shit factory was, and I had to put that in the notes because, God damn it, it's real, and it happened. It fucking happened, Dave.
0: Is ...putting their foot down as the mighty enforcers of the NWA stand all
1: for freedom and take aim at the bad guys. Capital Combat lighting with special appearance by Robocop see Rick Flair act as executioner when he defends his world heavyweight title in a death defying cage back with total package Lex Luger the Steiners use SWAT team packets as they sprawl on doom Norman and the road warriors
2: take on the tough
1: guys in a six man tag team rumble. and the ultimate showdown between good and evil steam
2: so, someone had to tell Sid in the back that, um, well Robocop going over he's like he's gonna bend the bars He's like, he's like, I'm getting a check, right?
1: <laughs> I can't bend the bars. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right, you can't bend the bars.
0: That's fine. <laughs> yeah,
2: because Robocop um, was in the key art too, and on, on the the VHS box, and but it was called Capital Combat, so it was too many stupid try to themes. Just whatever, yes. just call it Robocop's Revenge or whatever. Capital, it, it was dumb. Robocop <laughs> opening like it year, wasn't all, the The point is. It, is
0: it's Kevin Sullivan's idea. I guarantee it.
1: The point, probably I'll blame on him. Like the, the point <laughs> is, is like it was it wasn't Sid's fault. You know, I don't want it to seem he was put with the horseman, which is totally not like he yeah. didn't belong in the group. No. And I don't mean that he wasn't like worthy of it as far as his stature was concerned. And he was learning his craft for sure. But he just didn't fit that group. Why? Why would Sid not just be a monster heel on his own? He doesn't need a group. He needs. He doesn't. He, he needs, a, or, he needs a, a.
0: a mic for him. He, he needs a. Or piece. if
1: he was the star, in other words, they were going to bring him in the Horseman group and kind of keep him in there for a year, and then afterwards he was just like, you know what, like I don't like what you guys do. I feel that we should be fighting for good. And then like they're like, no, you shut your mouth, Sid. And then they turn and face. Boom, there you yeah. go. Like, that's a great idea. But alas, WCW just doesn't it's, know what to do. It's WCW. They, they don't know what to do.
2: I watched the Wrestle War match um, today and the four horsemen come down and Sid just looks a completely separate part. Doesn't even look like he's part of the horse. Yeah. I don't remember whether oh. the entire run looked like that. But from today, I was like, no, he doesn't even at least, not even made any <laughs> attempt to gel with them or be a horseman. Well it, it feels never like
0: nobody right. Yeah, nobody was sold on it, including him, right? Is what you're saying. Like they weren't sold yeah. on the idea. It was like he was forced in there.
2: But
1: Dave, I want you to read the next set of notes because this is gonna show <laughs> oh, no. that how wrong I am and about how much effort they put in behind the push of Sid.
0: Read it. <laughs> okay, I'm reading it. This is... You know what, Sid, if you're out there, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm so- it. I'm fucking... I am sorry. This is horse shit.
1: Maybe um, no one's read this to Sid.
0: I'm just saying. I, I'm just... This is bullshit, Sid. Okay, his first televised match since the injury to the Steiners was a 26-second loss to U.S. champion Lex Luger at the Clash of Champions 11. Years after doing a shoot interview, Sid would claim he was being punished by a booker, Oli Anderson, for playing softball during his rib
2: recovery. And what's interesting about that match is Oli comes down to the ring with Sid. So I don't know whether it was like he was there to make yeah, sure Yeah, because he happened. was a horseman
1: still. Yeah. Yes.
2: So it's Oli and Sid. <laughs> are you going to do business, Luger? Yeah. Or not? And it was Sid, Sid are you going to do business? Clunk. But he did it. And I think in reading and listening to Sid's shoot interviews and reading about him. He didn't mind doing the job, like as long as you treated him fairly. It, that's when he would jump. So, I'd, and he never said he had any issues with. Even if it started out like this, he I think believe he, he said like whatever. If that what the fuck, if you, that's what you want to do with me, great. Just pay me.
0: Yeah, you want to like, squash me against Luger? Fine, just give me a ridiculous. Check. Yeah,
2: I, a way it, to teach him again, a lesson. I'm not. Least.
0: I'm not knocking the fact that he want that wanted a check. We all want a check. I mean, what what's wrong with that? If, if if Sid's taking care of his family and he's, he's, he's okay getting squash i say hey man you're a big son of a bitch it doesn't deserve to be squash like that but you're you're like well if, if i get paid and i can take care of my family i'm down let's do it when does it start i really think that's that was his mindset from the from the get i i feel like we're being a little bit of a sympathist towards him but i, I think a lot of wrestlers wouldn't do that you know especially someone of his size i, <clears throat> I would be like well why why are we doing this you would you would want to question it but Maybe there's some naivete there, but also the fact Sid just doesn't. Not that he doesn't care, but he's like, well, did the did the check change? Because I'm getting squashed. No. Okay. Fine. Let's go. You know. But I,
1: fine. Yeah. Only got mad. Well, you were playing softball. You could have re-injured yourself. Well, you could re-injure yourself in rehab if I'm not mistaken, right? Because in rehab they have you do strain you a shit to make sure your lung capacity is back up. And, and all you know that. what?
0: I can pull you my rib again taking there. a shit. I could take a shit yeah. and pull it. I mean, that's, but I mean, but, but I mean,
1: my it. point is, is your rehab? It could be just as you know, a, a cause of you re-injuring something than fucking going out and playing softball and just trying to be active. What the fuck is Hon- wrong with that?
0: Honestly, softball is probably the best way to rehab in that situation. Like, yeah, what are you, really do you doing really-
1: that strenuous? Do you really think Sid played defense in baseball, like running and jumping and shit and sliding for the ball? No, he's fucking six foot ten. He's not not so much I, that shit.
0: The, you yeah. know, softball ringers don't do that. They just try to swing yeah. to the fences and try around the bases and have a beer. You know, which is probably what he enjoyed. What's wrong with that? I don't understand. Like, I thought you played softball, Lure, Get in here. And I'm, I'm sure Oli was in the fucking greatest shape of his life at this time too. No,
1: Oli was. Oli's known to be like a fucking human sauerkraut. Like that's just Oli's fucking legend. He's always been in a pissy mood from what I read from people's biographies and you got to do it his way and if you don't you're wrong and yeah, that's just he's one of those guys only mm, uh, that's sounds like a piece of shit whoa <laughs> whoa, wow. whoa hold on his two biggest about to say what go ahead, sorry go ahead just,
0: no, you, <laughs> his two biggest matches as a horseman were versus sting at Halloween Havoc in October of 1990 and part of the war games match at uh, Wrestle War pay-per-view in February of 91 uh, shortly after that, he and the Horseman would uh, part ways very amicably. Did I say that right? Um you did. Well, well, how was that match with Sting, by the way?
1: Um, it was good, but let me tell you. So I heard Sid on a shoot interview say... So they announced him as two-time WCW champion. He said, I have to correct you. It's three. And he cited this match as him actually winning the title. Let me tell you. I'm sure Sid was full of, you know what? and He knew he was full of, you know what? But if Sid ever listens to this, you are not three-time WCW champion. Don't trust me on this. You're only two-time champion. Because what happened at the end of this was, again, WCW booking. So Sid's in there and they're finally treating him right. He gets a title shot against Sting. What they do was they end up spilling to the floor. The horsemen come down at the end of the match. They distract Sting. Sting chases them to the back. Then Sting comes out with ropes tied around his wrist for whatever odd reason. Sting runs back in the ring, gets in the ring, goes to pick Sid up for a body slam. He can't get him up. Sid falls on him. One, two, three. We have a new NWA heavyweight champion. No, we don't. The real Sting runs out and confronts the imposters sting in the aisle way, which is Barry Windham in makeup, um, who was a horseman. And then Sting gets back in the ring. The ref looks at him and sees uh uh No, I apologize. The fake sting did not come out with ropes tied around his wrist. The I real fucked sting. that story up. Yeah, the real sting when he came out and faced the, the sting who just got pinned in the aisle, they met they met eyes, they stood face to face. And then you see the real sting with ropes around his wrist. So in the whole scuffle to the back, they wanted you to believe that the horseman tied him up real quick, and then Barry Wyndham dressed as Sting in the same tights he had on that night, same boots he had on that night, same face paint, goes in there real quick, runs in the ring acts like he's going to body slam Sid, can't get him up, Sid falls, one, two, three. So then, but then Sting, miraculously, all those horsemen, they tied him up with one white rope, and they said, that'll hold him, and then like Sting broke free, and ran out. The ref looked at Sting, and saw the other Sting leave, and Sting showed him the ropes on his arms, so the ref said, re-ring the bell, we're restarting the match. Sid, there was balloons and confetti falling from the ceiling. Sid had the belt. He didn't really realize the ref was restarting it. Sting, Stinger splashed him. Small package, one, two, three. Sting actually won the match. So it wasn't a Yokozuna Hulk thing where Sid wins, Sting wins it back. No, nobody counts Sid's as a title win here. I just want to say it. And if he ever does listen to this, I know, I know I, Sid, I, it
0: hurts. I count it
1: but it doesn't count. You can go to any <laughs> wikipedia site, any you go on the WWE site, go on any history of wrestling championship but, and but, nobody but, but, ever but counted legit, that as a title change.
0: But legit, if if he's if he's playing the part, if he's doing some kayfabe on us, why wouldn't he say that?
1: No, you're correct. And, uh, but it was a recent interview and he was, he was chill. I mean, he wasn't like being a jerk about it. He was just like, actually, I have to correct you. I'm
2: a three-time champion.
0: I would play but, that shit to my grave. If but I was but it, like, like said, I said, I fucking wanted three. No, I, I, think I think he knows he, he was it. full of, you I think know, when what. he
2: says it most like the, his shoot interviews and podcasts, he's pretty <laughs> confident about himself. If he says it, he meant, yeah. he means, like, I feel he that he, he was kind three. of serious, but yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but it does not count. I'm <laughs> no. sorry. I'm sorry to break your heart. You're only two-time champion, not three. So I'm just saying. That's all. Cause, Cause I've owned my own wrestling company before and I'm a booker. So, you know what I'm saying? said you know, you know, what I'm talking about buddy. Oh yeah. Well, but no, but yeah. I, I kind of liked it. Like, honestly, like I know people like to shit on it. They call it the Halloween havoc hoax. Um, I thought it was kind of creative. Listen, like, you know, for as much as I'll shit on WCW, I have to give him at least some kind of credit here. They were trying something different. I know it's like he's a big guy, right? Why does he have to have that all that shit go on and people cheat for him to win a title? Sid's a big monster. I'm not saying Sid uh, Sting should have pinned him clean and killed his momentum. I mean, you already beat the guy in 26 seconds at Clash of the Champions a few months before. <laughs> so what I mean, you know, but I mean, at the same time, like, you know, it, it, yeah. I okay, I kind of liked it, but then I also I look back on it going, why does a big man need that much shit going on to win? So I'm I'm in the middle about it, but like it it was what it was. And like it I guess it didn't hurt Sid because they did show Sid win and then they showed you that, oh no, it was a fake Sting, and then Sting had to surprise him, Stinger splash him, get a quick pin on him. So they didn't like put Sid in the Scorpion Deathlock and have Sid give up or anything like that. It was a quick pin, whatever. They were just trying. I guess they were just trying at this point in nineteen eighty nine to kind of you know keep up with the joneses that by that i mean vince and you know do some quirky cartoony storylines you could i uh, guess you can i guess this. i don't fault
0: vince it. uh stole this and did double the like
1: race the celebration the running started since the champion this just nailed sin vicious. this thing's not over
0: He retains the title. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the winner
1: and still World Heavyweight Champion, Steve. It, very well. Very, very true, Dave. Very true. But anyway, sorry, Greg, go ahead. I think you're going to say something.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, in addition to that, match, Dave, you had mentioned the War Games, and I'm watching that back. If you want to see Sid almost kill Brian Pillman, uh, go ahead yes. and watch that. <laughs> Wrestle <laughs> War. Yes. Ninety, and the war games match and he doesn't realize the cage is so short and he just crunches his back and then power bombs him and like because Pillman's feet hit the cage he almost just breaks his neck it beats the the living target look at this
1: Jimbo look over here oh
0: Oh, my goodness right on that shoulder right on that shoulder He's out, out baby. It. He's out. He's out on his feet right over here. Not again. Not again,
1: Jimbo. Not again. Not again. Not again. Oh, good God. Man. this Man. out. Yeah. For people who haven't seen the War the war Games cage, there's two rings, two separate rings side by side. And they put a big cage over it, but they put a top on it. And it's not high like Hell in the Cell became. It is like. Sid was almost hitting his head on it the whole time anyway, because he's so tall. Oh, so, so you're it lucky it's only, eight feet
0: high and Sid's yeah, the, seven feet tall.
1: So. Yeah. Like, so it, it's like, it yeah, sags, it, it's, right? yes. So he picked Brian Pillman. The whole spot was he was going to, you know, power bomb Brian Pillman over and over again until Pillman couldn't continue. So Pillman didn't quit. He just, he couldn't, he couldn't answer the bell. So that, they were trying to kind of build Pillman and having this big monster Sid, like power bomb. So when Sid picked him up, Imagine Sid picking Pillman up. He puts his head between his legs. He picks him up for the powerbomb. But, you know, like normally the guy will kind of sit on Sid's face and then Sid powerbombs him. Pillman hits the top of the cage because it's too low. So Sid not adjusting for that is rotating Pillman up like he's like he's going to sit. But when Pillman hits and he feels that resistance, he just drives down with Pillman and drives him down on the top of his head. Like so it's and you see Sid get down and put his hand on his chest and ask Pillman, are you OK? Like you see Sid concerned. So he wasn't trying to be careless. It was just the logistics of the cage and everything. So to Sid's credit, and he did, he leaned down right away and he was like, are you all right? And then I think he picked him up again and actually powerballed him the right way. And then, you know, Pillman couldn't answer the bell or something like that. So it was then carried yeah, was, out by El Higante. Yeah, he was carried out by El Higante. Which is terrible. That's a horrible, just,
2: that's a horrible fucking end to that story. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Any story that ends with, it. and then El Gigante carried him out like a bitch. <laughs> 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 it's not a good story.
0: Oh, no. Okay. Sid, obviously, after the Horseman debacle, he begins negotiations with WWF. His name was obviously changed to Sid Justice in the WWF reign. Um, vignettes of his debut began airing on the June eighth episode of Primetime Wrestling. He was announced as a special guest referee enforcer at the main event of SummerSlam in ninety-one with Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior versus the Triangle of Terror. That's right. I I swear to God, Jess, you're,
1: you're really That was their name. You're really That was
0: their name. Why are you hating on you're really fucking with me right now.
1: Sergeant Slaughter, Colonel Mustafa, <laughs> and General Adnan. Why are you fucking hating on the Triangle of Terror? I can't.
0: I can't. <laughs> I, don't
1: know why, I don't know why you have such a problem with shit. You know, uh,
0: <laughs> After the match, uh, Sid Justice confirmed his uh, face status as he posed with Hulk Hogan. And then during a the match with Jake Roberts in 91, he injured his bicep and was forced out of a scheduled match of Survivor Series. He returned at Royal Rumble 92 he entered at number 29 after eliminated Hogan from behind. Hulk grabbed Sid's arm and allowed Ric Flair to dump Sid over and win the match. A couple of things on that. I mean, Ric Flair was like the ultimate Iron Man, actually wins the WWF title at this point, by the way. Um, it was up for grabs. And at the same time, Jess has commented on this. I don't know on the air, but definitely off the air about... How the fuck does Hogan get away with so much hill shit? And can you explain what you're talking about, Jess? Well, that? Especially it, in the even sense.
1: going back when he came in, like they were like Sid in shoot interviews and stuff said that when he got <clears throat> coaxed over, Vince said like, my you know, I need I need a big star again. Like the warrior was still with the company when he signed Sid, but Hulk was getting old and Vince knew it. So I think Vince is like, I still, I need another face. I need somebody that's big. You're big. That looks larger than life. You definitely look great. Your body looks awesome. Like Sid looked like an awesome comic book character come to life. So he's just like, I kind of need another face. And so Vince, according to Sid, Vince is like, you're going to have a championship run. I'm going to put the strap on you. Like, I'm going to put you at the top of the card. So he does bring Sid in and it looks like that's where he's going. And then I think this starts kind of like the first The first two times that that both companies were going to put the rocket on Sid and put him at the top, just weird fucking circumstances happened. So this bicep injury that happens Mm -hmm. kind of starts a a theme for Sid. And don't get me wrong, he's six foot ten and 320 pounds. The guy's going to pull shit, you know, like it's just going to happen. So he he was on that role since he, when he did the pose down with Hulk in 1991 at the end of SummerSlam and they were going to put him in a program with Taker and Jake and make him like this big face, you know, and defend Macho Man's honor. Cause you know, they were picking on Macho Man. And so all that, so Sid was going to be in the big plans and then warrior leaves at SummerSlam 91. So you would think right then Vince is like, well, there you go. Even more, more, the stars are aligning even more for me to anoint a new baby face. It's Sid. And then he injures his bicep. He gets taken out of the Survivor Series match. Like, people kind of forget about him. He sort of loses his momentum a little bit. But he does come back at the beginning of 92. They announce he's healthy. He's ready to end the Royal Rumble. I think that's when... That You know, the warrior was gone, yes, but they had to bring Savage back, you know, at that point to kind of take the place of the warrior. Uh, Sid got injured, which I'm sure kind of irritated Vince, not because Sid did anything wrong, but just because Vince is like, fuck, I had my table set. And then Hulk and Vince's relationship gets strained. And then Sid comes back at the beginning of 92 to all this political madness. The steroid trial accusations were starting at this point. Hulk was getting tired and old. So was his character. And and Flair falls into his lap. Yeah, and Flair came in at right around the time that Sid did anyway, and it was just kind of like this whole thing where Vince didn't know what to do. So Vince's big thing after the Royal Rumble is, OK, um, I got to turn him heel because at that time, I'm pretty sure I'm not sure what time he would know this, but he would know the Warriors going to come back at WrestleMania eight. So I got my baby face back. Hulk's going to leave because they were, you know, arguing like children. And I think Vince is just like, well, I got to make him a heel at this point. So I feel that injury sucked for Sid because I I always imagine that if he didn't injure his bicep in October of ninety one and he just went straight through, I think the momentum that Sid would have had from the crowd, it would have been almost undeniable that Vince would have had to have done something more with him as a face than do what he did when he brought him back and kind of turn him heel. And that sucks for Sid because they
0: were uh, they were definitely over all over Sid in a good way before that happened. They mm-hmm. were
1: and. And it's famous because in New York and the Nick and ba- Nick and Bacher arena, um, they had the Royal Rumble 92 at the end when Sid dumped Hulk out. I could tell their booking was to turn Sid heel because Hulk's back was facing him. Sid comes up from behind. Sid dumps him. Sid even looks down and says, it's every man for himself, big boy, and turns around. And that's when Hulk grabs his arm and then Flair comes in from behind and, and dumps him out. So when Hulk gets back in there, they have this face off and pull apart thing and they both take turns posing to the crowd and the crowd noticeably booed Hogan and cheered the shit out of Sid. They
0: were ready telling to move everybody
1: on telling them, yeah, it's time to move on. You know, it's time we're we're tired of Hogan. But in Vince's mind, he was like, well, fuck. So all the clips leading after that, they actually spiced the crowd in and made the crowd boo Sid and cheer Hulk. They put art of someone they would show the clips on their syndicated television show leading up, you know, afterwards. Yeah. Here's what happened at Royal Rumble. They changed it. But we all saw it live in my living room. It was like it was like 6040 Sid. No problem. And like people were Hogan was actually getting booed and it was odd to watch. And then you see like Hulk with this deflated body because he was older. He was getting off roids here. Sid with just jacked next to him. It's like, you kind of saw like, Oh, like that's your choice right there. Whether you think he's the best worker or not, that's your choice. That's always been my problem with wrestling promoters, you know? And Vince usually doesn't fall for that. Vince usually goes with the big muscular guy, you know? But, like, in this case, he went with Flair, which is fine, and he went with Savage. But, like, Sid was right there, and people were telling you, like, this guy's big. We want to cheer for him. I just well, they, Vince they, has a problem the with the someone
0: sneezes in the same room as him, so a bicep injury probably definitely bothered him at that point.
2: Yeah, And this wasn't the first time, I mean, this, this, this wasn't the last time that kind of happened. It was that this was the very first time that I I think we had, you'd finally seen that Hogan got a little old and the crowd was tired of him to the point where it was beyond the the minority that for the 50, 50 that used to kind of love, hate Hogan, like this booing. And you could at the Royal Rumble, like Hogan is shocked to hear it. And when he when he takes it in, as Jess was saying, so and then and it actually kind of happened a few years later with Shawn Michaels, too. Like, you couldn't help at this point and that point, like to just cheer the guy. He was almost a little bit a little bit Stone Coldish before Stone Cold. Um, and he looked so good at this point. Um, this wasn't his his best year and his most successful year. But this was his the, your first the oh shit with moment with Man, Sid when Antira you really knew he had something or they were going to give him something.
0: Hulk Hogan against this band. My guest Sid justice. Now this clash, this matchup this afternoon, I expect there's going to be a barn burner. No! Uh, shut up, you fat, bald-headed little oath, Now you, Hogan, a barn burner it won't be! It is going to be your last match, and I will see to that. I have already made that
1: promise to you, Hogan.
0: As I leave this dressing room, and I stand in the ring, and you walk down that aisle... You remember one thing, that I am the master,
1: and you are but the learner, Hogan. You are but the learner.
0: Wait a minute. I, so think the I think that's fair. I that's really
1: Saudi fair. So after that
0: controversial finish at the uh, Royal Rumble, uh, President Jack Tunney announced that Hogan was the number one contender for Ric Flair's championship at WrestleMania 8. Obviously upset by that ruling, Sid churns against Hogan on Saturday night's main event during a tag match. This set up the double main event for WrestleMania 8. Savage versus Flair, and Hogan versus Sid Justice. Sid would lose by disqualification to Hogan at Mania. And we all know what happened at WrestleMania 8 with Savage and Flair. That was a great... I think that was a really good match. I don't think people talk about it enough.
1: Yeah, uh, it was not to, great.
0: Not to get too off topic, but Savage... Um, Savage is amazing. I mean, <laughs> Savage and Flair, I wish we could have had more of that when they were both in their prime, but uh, we got it. We got it at eight, and it's good. It's really good, and it's very underrated. Uh, give it a chance and watch WrestleMania when you when you do, because I think you'll be very impressed by that. WrestleMania, it's probably one of the most underrated ones, I think. Um, things get hazy as uh, there's reports of a failed drug test uh, with Sid. They begin to surface. Um, And that leads to more frustration with Vince McMahon over the direction. Later interviews would reveal Sid was unhappy with the way he was used versus what uh, Vince had promised him. So Sid would leave WWF in April of 91, and he would pursue a career in what? Softball. Softball. He likes that softball. Nothing wrong with that. But guess what? He does make a return to WCW in May of 93. Sid makes a surprise return at Slamboree of 93, and he made very short work of Van Hammer, as rightfully so. Um, he would headline pay-per-views throughout the summer against Sting and David Boy Smith. At the end of the year, during a tour of England in October, Sid and Arn Anderson would be involved in the infamous Scissor incident. We talked about this in our Wrestling getting Gets Real uh, uh, episodes. Was that episode one? I can't remember which one it was in, but check it out. Yeah, on it was one.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, and I don't want to, you know, talk about that too much because it's a lot of hearsay. And, and, but at the same time, because and Anderson refuses to talk about it, he claims he doesn't remember it, which is fine. I'll take him at face value for that. But Sid has sold his side, told his side of the story and you can find it on YouTube. I'm sure. Um, this was the second time where I said, you know, like the, w- the first times that the two companies were going to put the rocket to him, you know, he gets injured and he gets kind of derailed. And here it's like, he comes back in WCW he works as a heel with Vader and then it kind of makes sense that he was going to turn against Vader at the end of 93 and he was booked to beat Vader at Starcade 93 to win the world title that was that their plans cool. that's what they were going to do but because of the scissor incident in London they changed gears they put Flair in that position they fired Sid and you know right when the second company was going to finally give put the rocket to him and put the title on him and turn him face, by the way, because he was, Vader was going to stay heel and he was going to turn face. They, something happened. And this is obviously Sid's fault because no matter what, whether Anderson started the fight verbally downstairs, both guys were at fault for fucking assaulting each other with a weapon. No matter who came to whose hotel door, they both were, you know, elaborated and they had no business doing that. Um, and I'm sure both feel that way. They had no business getting to that level and, that derailed Sid again. So the first time he got injured, not really his fault. Second time, the other company going to put the rocket to him, totally Sid's fault. Um, and he got derailed again. No world champion for Sid.
0: The thing that, I don't, and Craig, maybe you can comment on this too. The thing that baffles me the most about this whole incident is that like, I can't believe none of them served any time. I mean, they literally, they almost killed each other. The the amount of wounds on, on each other, it, it's in the, what, total in the 30s and 40s. I mean, so many stabs and, and issues. I mean, um, you know, Vader even uh, cites a moment where he said he put his thumb and, and I can't remember if it was arms or I think it was Sid's stomach to stop bleeding. That might be an exaggeration, but there's blood everywhere. I mean, there is absolutely there's it, it is it is a horror film of blood and it, it throughout this room in this hallway of this hotel. And I, it doesn't even sound
2: real. I mean, right, Craig? I mean,
0: what do, what do you. I mean, just briefly give us your take on
2: that. I mean, the office tends to frown on attempted murder. Like, there's no <laughs> way. He but Arne Anderson was, kept his job and yeah, apparently he brought I, the scissors. I'm yeah, just saying. I mean, the I love
0: Arne Anderson. I love me Arne Anderson. Don't don't fret on that. I'm not, you know, but I mean, I'm
2: sorry. Go ahead. So, I mean, I guess someone had to go in, in that respect. And, uh, and, to, it, and it wasn't going to be Arne, right? No, and I mean, the people that saw it probably said, and I don't know the official history, but there's the aggressor must have been Sid or found in the investigation if, if he gets to stay and Sid does it. Um, and were, were they both held in like England or something for after a while or-, or I, well, they I'm are not they not like, hospitalized. Yeah, well, in days. the
1: hospital, yeah, they were both hospitalized in England for a little bit and then they were released. But I don't, like Dave said, the funny thing is, is if there was legal involvement, it was super minimal- and it just got like it went away it was i don't squashed. know it was totally yeah. yeah i don't know i i can only you know speculate on i don't know if wcw just said hey look like it's it's internal so we'll take care of it or you know just let us go back we got to go back to our country or whatever and maybe and, they said no neither
2: person is pressing charges so yeah. i don't yeah. know man but
0: it, it there's fucking there's scissors involved yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: he's been in the business four years now. The first time uh, he leaves the WWF, what he says, if you ask Sid, he was guaranteed Hogan's spot because he couldn't get guaranteed money from Vince and felt that he wasn't treated that way. So he drops after, he leaves after WrestleMania, probably pisses off, pisses off Vince, leaves it of his own accord, but who knows what would have happened that. And then this, uh, in this controversial way, um, in WCW's first stint at WCW, um, proper, I mean, he gets he gets let go to an incident. So who knows what would happen in both those cases and many more, kind of down the line for him. But uh, well, again, even, I think the kid lands on his feet.
0: What's well, even funnier about about both incidents too is that Sid is not shy about talking about it. Um, even so much that what they say is the sister fight. The reason why the conflict started it be is because Sid was like, well, all these old fuckers are taking spots. And he's referring to Flair, by the way, which we all we all disagree about that. We thought Flair had a lot of lot to give us and had a lot left. But him him saying all these old guys are just not getting out of the way. We can we can make things happen that these young guys, including himself, obviously, could get in and make something happen. And that that pissed off the likes of, I don't even think Flair was around. Flair was actually in his room for once in his life. He was like sleeping. I don't even down. know Flair
1: was on that tour because I was like, "There's no way." I thought way he was. A, I thought he There's was no way the shit started in a bar and Flair wasn't there drinking. So I'm like, he must have been somewhere <laughs> yeah. else. I totally.
0: believe he was on the tour. But he I mean, I'm he telling you,
1: no matter what position he had in the back, there was no way Flair was responsible enough to be. You guys drink. I'm. I'm brass now. I got to go upstairs. <laughs> no, <that's just laughs> I'm, not I'm telling
0: you, that's what. So, so, so I don't. I
1: legitimately don't think Flair was even on that tour because there's no fucking way that it wouldn't end with Flair in his underwear running down the hall. Trying but you all know
0: that Arn's going to defend. Flare to his dying yeah. to his dying day. And when he hears that shit's going to fucking turn loose. So yeah. that's what started it, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, if, if Sid was just able to keep it to himself and knew where, and knew where the, um, where, where the, where the belt was going, he would have found himself in the right place. But Sid's not one to, uh, ke- to keep things to himself. So he'll let you know how he feels. And that's how he's always been. I, I think. Right. So, um, he would headline. Let's see. Let's sorry, let me go back. Um, Sid was terminated following that incident. He was booked to face Vader at Star Cave. We already talked about that. He returns back to WWF after a brief stint in the USWA with Jerry Lawler. He decides to come back. He uh, faces Shawn Michaels' bodyguard under the name of Psycho Sid. Who was that bodyguard?
1: No, he, he was Shawn's bodyguard.
0: Oh, he actually was Shawn's bodyguard. Yeah, oh no, mm-hmm. my bad. Uh, but who was he? And he was facing Jerry Lawler at the time, or no?
1: He let he just did a brief stint in USWA, and then he returned to the WWE oh, as okay. Shawn Michaels' bodyguard under the name Psycho. Savior. So he
0: was just made to bring in heat uh, at yeah. WrestleMania 11 between Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Oh, because yes, Diesel yeah. had had already turned. Yeah, face Diesel. Him.
1: Diesel was uh, painfully the champion at this point.
0: That's right. That's great. Mm. Good stuff. After Mania, Sid churned on Shawn Michaels, enjoyed the Million Dollar Corporation. He feuded against Diesel for the WJF title uh, for some of the summer of 95. And at the end of 95, Sid suffers a serious back injury, forcing him out for six months. He does return back on July 8th, a 1996 episode of Raw. He replaced the Ultimate Warrior in a six-man tag team match. With Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson against Vader, Owen, Hart, and Davy Boy Smith. That's a just a throwing fucking names together let's do Germans that um, but why was warrior replaced at this point just
1: you, because you're coming to a gang fight and you're forgetting to bring your own gang oh, yeah. <laughs> all right thank you very much let's take you out of sean michaels ahmed johnson standing by gentlemen we're running out of time yeah, whom have you chosen time, right. jim Cornette? we don't bluff this
0: is the world wrestling federation boy you gotta oh. know when to hold them and know when to fold them and you should have folded surprise surprise look what we have for camp cornett psycho what? shit <laughs> you're looking And you're probably asking yourself, Shawn Michaels, what have you got and done? Yeah, twice. And
1: he's opened the gates, hell, And he has released me. This time for you, Cornette, and the Cornette camp. There's nothing. There's no good news. I I can hear you. I can hear you screaming out. For help. For help. But there's no (laughs) <laughs> I'd rather be on uh, he, uh, Warrior got suspended because he's there's warrior. No and I think warrior no-show dates, and so they had to bring somebody back. So they called Sid, and they're like, are you want to come back? And he's like, sure. And so they brought him back as a face here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's always the infamous phone call from Vince to the talent when they're almost done with rehab, but not quite done when it's, I need you, pal. Right. And this was to... Um, some star power after warrior so but at this point it begins kind of the biggest meteoric rise of Sid's career yes um
1: ironically you know like towards the end end of 96 the NWO starts taking over and WCW starts beating the shit out of him and then ironically when Sid comes back it's just like he he ended up being the answer as Dave will read on here in a second he ended up finally being the answer there's no bicep injury no scissors involved right now like it's finally like they're he trying actually to push him. finally
0: yeah. gets his match against Vader in October to get a shot at Shawn Michaels uh, for the title at Survivor Series. He turns heel and he would shock the wrestling world, defeating Shawn Michaels uh, to win his first ever WWF
2: title. And again, they, this, in this match especially, they cheered the heck out of him, despite like the ending was Jose Lothario getting a camera hitting his back and falling off and Sean caring more about treating Jose Lothario. But and then he. Why uh, why did
0: why did, why did did Sean need any kind of excuse to lose? He didn't.
2: And, and that was He's the point. It's like, you know,
1: they put the title on Sean earlier in the year and they completely like Sean's character is like this, this antagonist. And the Shawn Michaels care has always been like that. So Vince wanted to make him when Brett left for a while. He's like, well, Sean's going to be my baby face. So they put this old Hispanic guy, Jose Lothario, who legitimately was with Sean at the beginning of Sean's career and helped train him. Um So as like a sympathy piece, but it didn't make sense. Like here comes Sean, you know, basically a stripper coming out in chaps and, you know, <laughs> oh, like Shawn. reflective shit all over his costume and everything or whatever. And even after he'd win matches, he would he would fake like he was going to take his pants off and shit and like. So, if you weren't a 14 or 15 year old girl, you did not give a shit about Shawn Michaels. And I could tell you the demographic at WWF at the time was not very big with 14 or 15 year old girls. So, no, it's no wonder that Shawn's first babyface run with the title kind of flopped. People were starting to get sick of Shawn. He wasn't selling the tickets they wanted, he wasn't spiking the ratings. So, when Sid comes back, again, that big golden god's back, you know, the big muscular six foot 10, 320 pounds, like, and people started cheering him. And then they actually turned Sid heel during this match. He was hinting like he was gonna turn heel anyway. But yeah, it's like they Vince in the in the booking committee thought, well, he'll get he'll get, you know, heat on himself when he hits Lothario with the camera, and then Sean will get sympathy. But they're in New York again here in Madison Square Garden, and the place they booed the it. shit out of Sean Michaels yeah. and they cheered Sid and like, yeah, like it, it just Sid ends up going on the outside, hitting Jose. Sean goes out while Sean's taking care of Jose Lothario. Sid grabs the camera again, hits Sean with it, brings him in the ring, power bombs him. One, two, three. The place goes nuts. And Sid looked awesome with the belt, by the way. Like, And he was this heel monster with the belt, finally. I kind of feel like I think Sid sort of felt like, fucking finally, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, now they can see sort of what I can do. But even in that moment, was- I,
2: I, looking back, he has this awesome shot of him on the turnbuckle with the belt above his head. But then they keep cutting back to uh, Lothario, Sean. like taking yeah. away from Sid's kind of moment on the turnbuckle. I felt for that today. I was just like, man, scooping his heat. But I thought like it was a good Scoop moment it. for him. <laughs> scooping Scoop it, bro. Scooping my heat. Uh so- finish it. If Finn hits
1: it, it's over. We got a new champion.
0: I can't believe
1: it. But yeah, it's like, I know it's kind of silly, but as wrestling fans, don't you like Part of the appeal when we see a wrestler with a title, we're like, that wrestler looks really good with that title. You know, it's it's a weird thing. It's a Warrior weird thing was and like, looked,
0: that. I hate to say it, Warrior was that he looked yeah. great with the title right in his way. Well, I and, and it was all
1: yeah. Certain wrestlers, when you see them with titles, you're like, wow, like it looks great with them or whatever. It's, Sid looked awesome with the Winged Eagle title. Like, he looked oh great. my
0: god, this fucking perfect. And and vegetable.
1: you know, Vince had to take a gamble here because WCW was at this point. NWO had only been in fruition for about four months, but like they were putting the fucking boots to Vince and the, t- the
0: title wave was coming, man.
1: Yeah. So like yeah. NWO, WCW had already kind of started being number one every week here. And like it was just kind of like he, Vince is like, I got to do something, right? So the whole thing was really just to kind of put heat or give Sean the shine again, basically. So they, he beats. You know, Sean at 96 Survivor Series, and then in Royal Rumble of January in Sean's hometown of Houston, Texas, in the Alamo Dome, um, Sean was scheduled to win it back, Uh, and he did.
0: Yeah, that was in February 7th of, um, I'm sorry, he, uh, I'm sorry, he lost the title to Shawn Michaels at Royal Rumble, but then he would regain it back from Bret Hart, actually, on the February 7th edition of Raw. That's fascinating, to lose a title well, on a televised show of rock.
1: Sean lost his smile, you know, at this point. So, literally, that's what the whole thing was like. Vince was trying to put the, Shawn, the shine back on Sean. He's always loved Sean. God. Even when Sean fucks him. <laughs> he fucks talk, him. Like, we talk about this all the time. Fuck. I mean, he always liked Sean. I think he always said, I heard on Bruce Pritchard's podcast, he... Vince always liked Sean because Sean reminded Vince of Vince when he was young cocky you couldn't talk any sense to him but he just had all the talent in the world well whatever like he Vince bowled so many people over in favor of Sean it's disgusting but um but yeah so the whole thing was for Sid to win at Survivor Series two or three months later he would lose to Sean somehow this is supposed to rejuvenate Sean's you know character then Sean finds out oh I'm gonna lose the title to Brett at WrestleMania 13 no fuck that I lost my smile so he faked an injury lost his stupid smile go Away, so Vince is like, Well, um, title's up for grabs. So they have this inner house in February of 1997, and it was called a fatal four way. It was Vader, Taker, Austin, and Brett. Brett ends up winning the WWF championship that night, it was vacant. Um, he put the smile back on the belt on live, he just drew a smile on the belt, and then uh, so the smile was found and brett wins the title for the fourth time the next night on raw fucking sid wins the title back because austin comes out and fucks with brett and causes brett to walk right into a powerbomb one two three sid just like that is two-time wwf champion whereas before bicep injuries scissors were flying everywhere and now he's fucking two-time champion it's kind of cool he was in the right place right time
0: He does lose that title to Undertaker at WrestleMania 13, um, and his final appearance in the WWF was in July of 97. He left the company to recover from a neck injury that would actually require surgery at that time. So, um, and then where does he go? It's a it's a second return to WCW, baby. Follow the money. He returns to WCW in July of 99, the Great American Bash. He joins the Macho Man in a feud against Kevin Nash. Isn't that uh, poetic? Yeah, why not? Well, no, yes, I, that's I, Lanny Popple camp- and Macho Man. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he would go back to using the name Sid Vicious. He also adopted the nickname Millennium Man due to the upcoming year 2000. God damn it, Jess! You got to stop doing this to me. It's true. He, he also began to to uh, referee uh, uh, to have referee Charles Robinson carry around a white card. With Sid's undefeated record since returning to the company, um, this was obviously meant to mock Goldberg's streak. Wow. Just wow. Sid defeated Crispin Waugh in September of 1999 at Fall Brawl to win his first and only U.S. championship. He would lose Sid title to Goldberg at Halloween Havoc due to ref stoppage for excessive blood loss. Any comment there?
1: I, I loved it when he came. I didn't like his alignment with Macho Man. I thought like, again, they Force. bring Sid back and they shove him with a group. It's like, why are you shoving him with a group? Like, he is a group. He is a group at six foot ten at three hundred pounds. He is I didn't, the group. I, I, didn't, I didn't see it's one man like gang
0: teaming up with people till later. I'm just saying like, you know, yeah, like, and, he and is so, a one man gang, right?
1: And the Charles Robinson thing, he was called Little Nature because he lo- he actually loved Nature Boy in real life. Charles Robinson, he was an actual referee in WCW and a very good one. But they kind of put him as like a heel on screen character. So he would wear his ref costume and he'd walk around with his fucking, you know, 12 and 0, 15 and 0. And every week it would just jump up and he was mocking Goldberg because Goldberg had already lost his undefeated streak by this point but the company was trying to rehab goldberg a little bit and get him back relevant again so sid comes in as the antagonist going like i'm undefeated since i've been back i'm the millennium man i'm the man of the 2000s like you know so every week it was like Sid would run out during like a cruiserweight match, like a six man or lucha tag. And he would come in and he would powerbomb all six and he would make Charles Robinson pin all of them count all, you know what I mean? And then like, he would just be like, Oh, it just went up to, you know, it went up from 10 to no to 16 to zero, like, and they were doing all the time. So it was pissing Goldberg off and I liked that I loved that because Sid was able to talk shit he was this big bad heel that was coming in he's like I'm the real undefeated guy I'm this and it was just hilarious because y'all like that from Sid so yeah you would be seeing just a ridiculous match between two like low mid carters and then fucking here comes Sid running to the ring choke slam choke slam powerbomb powerbomb he'd pin them both because of Charles Robinson coming in there and counting the pin and then Charles Robinson would instantly take a marker and change the record like it was it was cool and creative and fun and it was one of the very few things that WCW did that was kind of cool in 1999 especially when they were just the wheels were falling off the bus here um but yeah like I kind of like that run with Goldberg because that's his job right he comes in as a big heel and even though he ultimately lost to Goldberg that's fine you're rehabbing the cash cow who had been badly damaged like four or five months before from fucking losing his undefeated streak to Nash from a cattle prod and so you're trying to rehab him Sid comes in Cool little gimmick, little mocking towards the undefeated streak, little cool nickname or whatever, and gets in there. I had no problem with it. I thought it was fun. I, I did. Like if you want to quit, I can't
2: And, and what they did at Halloween Havoc was very cool. It, it kept kind of um, Sid's heat. Um, they, him and Goldberg got into a fight earlier on in the night. He was bleeding like a stuck pig. He kind of came. That, he came out kind of stitched up. Almost refused stitches, but it was clean. And then he just started bleeding all over the place and it went everywhere so and they stopped We were there it. live,
1: right? Yeah. We were there yeah. live in the arena. We could oh, see Sid were, was covered guys, in blood. You
0: guys did what? Four or five havocs in a row. Cause they were all in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you think they, they did a pre-cut in the back
2: to make,
1: I don't know. I think maybe Sid might've bladed himself yeah. when he was out there. But- and all
2: he had to do was reopen it in the ring. It, it wasn't bleeding yeah. when he started. That's what I'm I think curious. a couple punches like, back do, on it. Yeah. Um, and it was opened again, big time. But if, and he even counted it because the ref stopped it due to blood loss. They actually Sid didn't count it as one of a loss, so he went into the next pay per view was eighty and O. So it was a great yeah, way to he, keep it going, and it it kept that's Sid really strong. smart. And Sid it was, was strong and was cheered loudly. Um, it, it was a good, it was a good match. It was intense. I mean, I thought I did yeah. I was completely ready to fast forward because it's Goldberg and Sid, but it was watchable. And maybe that was the blood talking.
1: But. And, and a lot, I think a lot of people won't, if you say what are Sid's best matches, they won't list it even though they should. Cause that was a fucking good match. It really was. It was if really if you
0: really, if you really look at it, Sid versus Goldberg on paper, you're like, I'm not fucking watching that. And you go, Oh, that was actually pretty good. Um, one of the one of the few gyms you'll find in the WCW uh, library, right? But it's there. You can dig it up, find it in the uh, goddamn WWE Network. It's in there. Uh, he, like I said, he would claim he's still undefeated. He would lose a rematch against Goldberg at Mayhem Pay Per View in November, and then uh, 2000s kind of a blur, right? We have some, we have a lot of booking issues, committee issues. Um, executive changes in WCW, but on January 24th of Nitro, Sid would defeat Kevin Nash to win his first WCW World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> Only to have the commissioner, who's also who,
2: stupid Kevin, Marvin
0: Nash, the guy he lost it to, distribute from saying, "Nope, wasn't good." So, do they count that one, Jess?
1: They do. They
0: do. No, right.
1: they. They Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Sorry. Yes, they do. I'm say they do. Yep.
0: He would win the title back in a short time later, holding it for 76 days before being stripped again by Russo and Bischoff. They stripped all WCW titles and hit the reset button on the company. And his, your notes are literally, fuck me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. And the thing is, is I purposely didn't tie in. What happened before January 24th in 2000 was Sid fought Crispin Wah for the title um, at a uh, sold out uh, January pay-per-view for WCW. And that was because Bret Hart had to forfeit the title because he legitimately, that's when Brett had his major concussion because Goldberg kicked him in the face. And uh, so they vacated the title. Chris Benoit won the championship that night because they wanted to, they, Chris Benoit was threatening to leave. And then the next night on Nitro, they were like, do you want to stay? We put the title on you. Benoit was like, I still want to go. And that's when the radicals, Guerrero, Malenko, Benoit, and Saturn left and jumped ship to WWF. So they were stuck with Sid and they were just like, well, we're going to put the title on you. So Kevin Nash and the bookers at the time were like, wouldn't it be
0: great heat if, uh,
1: you know, you win the title and then I strip it from you because I'm commissioner. It's like, no, not really, but you're going to go ahead and do that anyway. So fuck me is totally appropriate at this because it's just Dave, you'll read on, just read on. And Craig and I won't say shit. It's maddening.
0: (sighs) Okay. When you literally write, fuck me in the notes, Jess, you have to understand what you're doing to me here. I'm just just saying like this. Now I know it's purposeful at this point. You're like, this is so good. I can't wait for Dave to read this. But anyway, in late 2000, Sid would begin to challenge Scott Steiner for the WCW world title on January 14th at the Sin pay-per-view. Sid would face Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner in a three-way match. At one point during the match, he would jump off the middle, oh God, the middle rope, I I know what's coming, To deliver a high knee to Scott Steiner, a spot he had never done before and was not comfortable doing. But Steiner was just out of reach, so he needed to end up trying to do a big boot. When he landed, he broke his left leg in half, snapping both the tibia and the fibula. The break was caught on live pay-per-view and was considered by many as one of the most horrific spots um, that you can find uh, ever caught on camera. Um, a 17-inch rod was put in Sid's late after after a two-hour surgery. Uh, guys, um, before you do comment, I, I just got to tell you personal experience. I actually broke my fibula in, I want to say, 94, 95 um, I was in a soccer match and I was kicked in the leg. I literally tapped the the ball away right as this guy was ready to shoot on goal and his entire impact of his, of his kick hit me right in the fibula. And I only splintered the fibula all the way around. I didn't, I didn't break it and move it. I, I cracked it to, through and through, but didn't move it. And it was incredibly painful, incredibly painful, um, this situation has got to be a hundred times worse. He not only he broke it and his his entire leg shifts at a 90-degree angle, if I'm not mistaken. It it is it is every time I see it, I cringe. Um, you know the uh you know where where you know the surgery where God split you and sewed you up, you know, right in between. That all puckers up every time I see it. You know, y'all you know what I'm talking about. You wanna make fun of it? You wanna call me a weirdo? But you know where God splits you when you cringe up and that shit hurts. You every time I watch Sid break his tibia fibia and, and a ninety degree angle, I pucker up and it all it just it's it, it brings everything back to to that injury that I had and I know for a fact it's not even close because my my tibia was uninjured. I I just this is a big man collapsing under the under the the old the weight of his own self because he. No, nobody would expect a big man to do that. Why? God damn it. Why does a big man even have to do that? He's a fucking 300-pound man. He shouldn't even be on the ropes. But anyway. Oh, that is look at, so look the, difficult. Look at the left foot. That is so difficult to watch. We've seen it already.
1: Oh, Another angle. Already so many times, and it's still just so... Once again, isolated. Oh. The foot... Obviously... The compound fracture... So the the story behind that was Johnny Laurinaitis, which everybody knows who he is, and uh, married to the Bella Twins' mother in real life right now. And he's the real-life brother of Animal from the Road Warriors. Um, Before he became like executive of talent in WCW taking over Jim Ross's or sorry, excuse me in WWF taking over his, the Jim Ross's position. He was that similar position in WCW. So when Sid came back, Sid was actually not, he didn't wrestle for like four months. And he even said in shoot interviews, I hadn't been weight training like I used to be. I didn't have my ring, you know, boots on. I I wasn't in ring shape, but they called me. We need you. We need you to come back. We need a credible challenger for Scott, blah, 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 blah. You're going to be involved in this thing. And, and uh, animals actually going to be like the fourth mystery partner coming to make it a four way or some stupid hokey WCW bullshit. So Lauren, I just came up to him and said, uh, you know, Sid, um, like, we need you to jump off the top rope. We want to start doing spectacular stuff with our stars and kind of getting, you know, uh, clips and replaying them for n- the media outlets and shit like that. So Sid's like, well, what do you want me to do? He's like, I want you to get on the second rope and jump off and, and give him a high knee. And Sid's like, I don't do that. I'm not a high flyer. Why would I do that? Like, you know, you could just have Scott whip me in the buckle and I'll big boot him when he comes in. And Scott takes that awesome. Scott's great at that. So uh and Lorna's like, nope, sorry. Like, we really want you to do this. We want to start telling our guys to do things you wouldn't expect to get people talking at home. Wow, Did you see Sid, you know, jump off the top rope and do this shit? So Sid's like, fine, I mean, I'll try it, but I'm not in ring shape. I'm not, I don't, I'm not comfortable with this. So the night of the pay-per-view, Sid goes to him again and says, I'm legitly not comfortable with it. And he goes, Oh man, I already talked to production truck. Once you do that move, that's going to be the cue for animal to come down with his mask on and unmask himself and reveal himself as animal. And he's going to be part of the match. So that that move is the cue for the truck to go back to animal, getting out of the limo in the back and coming down the, the aisle. So Sid's like, fine, I guess, whatever. I'll be a team player and I'll do it. Well, we all know what happens. He fucking gets on the middle rope. He jumps off to high knee Scott Steiner, but Steiner and I'm not ripping on Steiner. He was not close enough, so Sid extended his right foot when he was in midair after jumping off the second turnbuckle to kick Scott in the face. And he did, and he landed on his left leg, and he landed at an angle, and it fucking snapped in half. And the ironic thing is this. On the live version, they didn't get the break. So the whole bullshit about the truck fucking catching that move and putting Sid at risk to give the truck the cue to go to the back and show Animal's limo pull up and Animal get out or whatever was totally fucked up in total WCW fashion. The only reason why we saw the break and why the break exists now on tape is the next night on Nitro, they decided to play all the other camera angles, which are hot and rolling, you know what I mean, while it's happening, and then that showed the break. When you actually watch the pay-per-view, He gets on the middle rope. They cut to a shot of a limo pulling up in the back. And when they come back out to the ring live, he's laying in the ring with his fucking leg hanging off. Like that's totally WCW at that point. And they, they went out of business two months later and it's just like, it's just so fucked up. You know, when you think about it, look, Yeah, he agreed to do it, but Jesus Christ, right? Like, why would you do that? Why? A high knee? Do you really think people, like teens at home, are going to be like, do you see Sid's high knee from the middle rope? Oh, shit. We've been seeing Rey Mysterio for four years. Like, there's nothing that he can do off the middle rope that's going to make me go, those cruiserweights are something special. But that motherfucker Sid, that that high knee from the second rope, that's changing the goddamn sport, I'll tell you. Absolutely, WCW, horseshit. Absolutely crap, Craig. Yeah, I'll get off my my soapbox.
2: I mean, if if a guy's not comfortable with it, a natural athlete like Sid, they played baseball and boxed and martial arts and weight trained and naturally took to wrestling like a duck to water. And if he tells you, "I'm not comfortable doing it," and you force him to do it, even though I mean he agreed to it, it's just I mean, what a, it's it effectively ended the in ring career. Uh, I can't watch that again. And they. They exploited it by showing it like fifty more times during Nitro, yeah, the next and, like, night. never showed that. It, it was it was it was awful and disgusting, and i can't I can't watch that again. um and completely unnecessary.
1: yeah, totally yeah. unnecessary.
2: I, I don't know how else to say it.
0: I mean, you know, who knows what we would have seen from Sid going forward, but uh, due to that severity of the injury, his in, in career was effectively over. but uh, there was a ton of intense rehab. Um, they said he he would never run again. He was determined. Uh, the doctors actually told Sid he would never even run again. He was determined to prove them wrong, and the, on the next year he would hit that goal. On June twenty fifth of two thousand twelve, Sid would return as Psycho, and he would defeat Heath Slater with a power bomb and a nostalgic moment. But he would wrestle his last professionally, I'm sorry, professional wrestling match on August fifth, twenty seventeen, in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada for the GNW promotion. I don't even know who that is. It's I like mean, a Canadian promotion. It's not I, important. I, I get it. I just so it sounds like, you know, they were gonna do something with a slater and move forward, but it did didn't work out
1: again. No, he just there was a whole thing where Slater was like challenging Legends or whatever, and it was a whole it was, it was a whole thing. Instead of pushing Slater, they were burying him with Legends coming back. But you know, you got to saw Vader. Vader came, every week Slater would come out and be like, you know, it's like these old Legends, you know, they don't know when to quit. And then like one week Vader came out and beat you know, Slater and pinned him. And then the next week Sid came out and the crowd actually popped very big for Sid when he came out and he actually pulled the little power bomb off and got it. I'm pretty sure he pulled the power bomb off. I could be wrong if he definitely did a choke slam but i think he did a powerbomb too but to dave's what dave said before is yeah the doctor said he was never going to run again but sid knew right then well fuck it like more important than weight training on my body i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna work out to where i can run again and he did and a year later he was able to finally run again you know so that was a big deal that's a major break that's a major fucking injury when you're six foot ten 320 pounds we all know as these guys these athletes when they age and they're that big they shrink a little bit because their backs fucking give out and like their body just starts breaking down so getting this injury in 2001 he wasn't a spring chicken per se i'm not saying he was an old man at all but he was past his wrestling prime so to get this injury at that point you know is rough and then he's got to go into a different type of workout a different type of care for his body where he's like fuck weight training and being big i gotta just fight and work out to run again you know that's fucking amazing and it's amazing that he did it and it shows his willpower and like what a brutal brutal injury and like i mean honestly he could have lost his leg it you you break it you break it around the right artery you're done you know like it's it's you could die or lose your leg you know i mean look at not to get off look at the quarterback alex smith and they're just revealing what happened with him. You know, he got that severe injury in football, what, two years ago, three years ago? So they did the the uh, operation on his leg, which was a severe break. And he got an infection and he almost lost his leg and, and died like 17 surgeries. You know, it's like you don't think of these athletes like that. You know, you think that, oh, they're injury, they're off recovering. And you don't know. You don't know. Sid yeah. could have easily gotten infection. The operation could have went wrong. Him being as big as he is, he could have been rehabbing and broke it again. Like, you know, you don't know. Like, you, you just don't at the, know. And-
0: we look at the technology of then versus even before now. It's, it's gotten much better. Uh, Bo Jackson dislocates his hip on a weird tackle. And no one believes that he dislocated it. And no one looks into it. And the hip eventually dies because all the arteries around it are bleeding into it. Yeah. And uh, one of the greatest athletes of that time has to get a hip replacement surgery and can't play football anymore. That's legit that actually happened, you know, you, you just don't know. And, uh, at least with, with Sid, you knew something happened and they were able to recover it quite quickly. And, you know, maybe that's the reason why he was able to move forward, but yeah, people are, they're baffling doctors every day saying, well, I can do it. You know, it comes down to maybe a little bit of luck. The fact that you're, you're very athletic to begin with and a lot of willpower to make it happen. But kudos to Sid for, for working that to to not be crippled for the rest of his life, he was determined not to do that
2: and, wrestling or not. And to end on a high note, when he came back and fought Heath Slater in 2012, he looked good. He looked he looked great. Yeah. He, he didn't he didn't look fat and swollen. He looked he looked like Sid. He was wearing jeans, but that's a nice way to end and to remember Sid was him powerbombing Heath Slater that night and getting in one last time, rather than snapping his tibular. Hey, all the.
0: All the big boys eventually wear jeans or, you know, yoga pants or something.
2: Right. They can't work out the legs like
0: they used to. Every day is not leg day anymore. Hogan went to the pants. Even even Stone Cold went to the jeans. Come on. You know, they all had to do it eventually.
1: Before you get to the championships and accomplishments, you know, I think we actually, at the beginning of this episode, we said what we normally say at the end. And we said some really cool stuff about city did stuff on his own terms. He, I, in my opinion, he got falsely labeled a softball boy because like I, it's just, he had no problem walking away and doing something he loved. And I think he was actually a professional softball player for like a couple of years too, from like 97 to 99 or something. That's crazy. And uh, Yeah. You know, he loved doing it and he had no problem being like, you know what? You don't want to use me the way you promised me. Yeah. Bye. I'll see you in a little bit, and he did that no matter what. And in the four, you know, there was other things like the scissor fight and stuff that put a dark cloud over his career and stuff. But at the same time, like Sid always was a draw, he always came back at the right moment. And then when he came back in that four month vacuum, right, like that from November of 96 to when he lost to The Undertaker at Mania 13 in March of 97, two time world champion. Totally made up for lost time. I thought he looked awesome with the belt. Goes to WCW. And even though WWE was in its dying years in 2000, he still won the title twice there. Not three, Sid. Two. And um, I think that's like, and he won a U.S. title, an awesome U.S. title in 1999, which I enjoyed. And, you know, that run with Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sid did shit on his own terms. And I think Sid, uh, like a lot of people remember Sid. He was a big, imposing figure. His interviews were awesome, and we got to talk real quick about his flubs, you know. Uh, There's a lot of famous Sid flubs out there. You know, one of them was the, you know... Nash, I have half the brain that you do, which was a promo he did on Nitro. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was a lot of Sid Mike flubs or whatever. But people, I think when they bring them up now, they fondly remember them. Another one was uh, he did an interview with Jim Ross uh, live on an in your house. I'm pretty sure it was an in your house. And they do an interview. And J.R. was, you know, Sid, you're about to go out there or whatever. And Sid starts to talk. He flubs. He's like, can we start over? And Jim Ross is like, no, we're alive, pal. And it was like crazy, like on a live. That's another famous Sid moment. And the other one was uh, after a cage match with uh, Bret Hart. Bret Hart went on this cussing tirade in the ring and said, Everyone in the locker room knows that he's the greatest there is, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. And Sid comes down the aisle and answering that immediate question, he just yells out, I don't know shit. And like, <laughs> yeah so but you know what i take it as charm right you know we we talk about the injury he came off of and everything and like it's pretty amazing that he was able to run again and just just fucking walk right like without a cane you know is amazing i
0: know, I know you are- Well, you know, you, you know, we talking about those flubs and we we remember them and you know we we laugh on them. It almost sounds like we're making fun of them, but I tell you, as a as a wrestling mark, which is everyone on this podcast, we love finding flubs like that in anyone. Um Hogan, even you know, has his moments of uh, you know, what's the kids out, brother? You know, like totally fucks that up. I mean. Uh, Owen says, that's why I kicked the leg out of your leg. And we love those guys. I mean, you know, so, so Sid having flubs on the mic, everybody does it. We're not making fun of Sid. Um, But it's fun to go back and remember those things because those are those little inklings of like, hey, we know this is predetermined. We, 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 and we still love it. And those little things give us that.
2: That little nug that goes, Oh, we're right. Yep. And, and another and promo I, I love of Sid is and he it wasn't I mean, this was on purpose, but it was amazing, is his promo before his match against uh Hogan in eight when he starts off and calls Mean Jean, Shut up, you fat, ball headed little oaf, and he screams at <laughs> yeah. to the top of <laughs> his left, right. and then Mean Jean gives like a almost kind oaf. of corpses a little bit and like looks over uh to Harvey, like what why why did he say that to me? But it was <laughs> <laughs> I watched that four times today. I rewound it back and it was just stuff like that. It was, Oh, it was fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's great.
1: Yeah. Sid was a great, he was a great character. He was really fun. So Dave, I know you have the accomplishments and championships. You, ha- you listed kind of-
0: most of them. We'll go through. He was ranked 16th in the PWA uh, 500 for 1991. He was ranked. uh oh sorry. He was listed as the PWA comeback of the year in 96. He was the USWA champion twice. WCW world champion twice, not three, not three WCW US champion once and the WWF world champion two times, two times, two times. He beat
1: he and, you know, we never talk about his first run, you know, when, when he was in there in 91, 92, he was in there with like Hogan, Piper, Flair, Undertaker, Roberts, Macho Man. Um, you know, like like he was in there with everybody. He was kind of at the end of that first boom period where he first came into WWF. And even before when he was in WCW, he faced, uh, you know, people like Sting and he was in the War Games match. And then even after that, he beat people like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like he faced everybody. Like he faced Vader, Mm -hmm. you know, like he faced everybody, Sid did. He was a big part of all those big names intertwined with Sid somehow at one point.
0: No, I I totally, I totally agree. I think, um, I think his career is greatly diminished. People want to, I don't know if they want to erase it, but they don't really, they don't see it as a huge impact on wrestling history. And
2: he, he had that. I think he had that in spades. No, I mean, at the end of the day, he packed a lot into just 10 years when you think about it, like, um,
0: and, and who knows what we would have gotten if not for that break, right? Right.
2: And he was a guy, the older I get, the more I respect people that kind of do it their own way and not afraid to like stand up to power, I think. And the fact that he admittedly never cared. He didn't have a passion for it like Bret Hart. And He wasn't a mark for himself. He just chased the money and was making a living and never got super overly invested in, in himself or worked himself into a shoot, as as, as they say. And whether he was winning That's or losing, true. and he always kind of found fortunate ways and fortunate periods to squeeze in there, and always squeeze right to the top of the card very quickly. But but I think the wins and losses and that kind of thing and the political power plays were never important to him. So I think he he made the money he wanted to make between his injuries and uh, and, and his stints. He did what he wanted, and uh, you know it's. God bless him. Like, who knows what could have been if he did, if he was the guy that lived, breathed, and ate it twenty four seven. But he didn't, and he wasn't. And good for him. And he walked away, and kind of didn't, well, couldn't come and back. But and, he, he,
0: he, well, he's know. still walking, by right. the way. <laughs> Not his know. terms. A lot of these guys aren't walking anymore. They they take it too hard for too long, and you know they don't they don't make it through. So agreed. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP twenty nineteen. You can click on Linktree. Find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. This is Dave, Jess, and Craig with the OWP. And Sid signing off. Have a good one.